Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. True Hauntings is a Frightfully Good production. I sit in this old house, all the while listening to the ghost walk up and down the hallway. At four o'clock, I was awakened by three distinct knocks on my bedroom door. No one was there. Damn places haunted, sure as shooting. President Harry S. Truman. Some people firmly believe that the White House, the primary residence of the President of the United States, is haunted by ghosts. Among the spooks allegedly spotted wandering the rooms and corridors of the executive mansion are past presidents, first ladies, their children, and various other ghosties and ghouls who just seem to be hanging about. One of its most famous ghosts is Abraham Lincoln, who, it seems, was an avid ghost hunter himself. I wonder what he would be thinking about the last few years of politics in America. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this episode, we head to the White House to see who might still be lurking in the Oval Office. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Hello, Anne, and welcome back to the studio. Hoity ho, Renata. How you doing? I'm fine. Oh, we're fabulously fight and fit today, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. I think we're a little bit jittery on the coffee that we've had. <laughs> Lots and lots of coffee. Yes, we've just come off an all-nighter um, at Maitland Jail, and it was a profound experience. It was probably one of the most intense evenings and mornings that I have ever spent at the jail. Oh, geez, you had a, an amazing night, didn't you? <laughs> Did you ghost hunt, or were you doing something different? <laughs> I was watching everyone enjoy themselves, mm-hmm. and... The amount of tears I saw flowing last oh, night... Tears, KPI was happening. ...was crazy, and it was all through... We, we just make people miserable when they come out and let <laughs> ghost hunts. It was all through the um, seance. Yes. And the table tipping, the glass mm-hmm. dowsing, mm-hmm. Uh, the Ouija boards. Everyone was getting such profound connections. 
Uh, and look, I've just got to say that the jail really opened its heart to everyone last night and allowed all of that to happen. Which so you was, wouldn't think would happen. No. At a, 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 a place where there was the, the criminally yes. minded and also criminally insane and um, wrongly persecuted and yeah. angry spirits. Yes, where, where were the demons, Anne? Oh, no, right? Where were the demons? I think it's you and me. <laughs> Actually, I know exactly where the demons ended up. They ended up here in my house where my husband had to babysit two five-month-old puppies, one of which had diarrhoea. Uh, that's where the demons were that night, so I was not in the good books by the time I got home this morning. Oh, dear. <laughs> and the worst thing was, I didn't tell you the worst bit, Renata. Oh, no. We ran out of paper towels. <laughs> No. So we had to use old towels and things to mop it up. And then it's all, yeah, we just won't talk about it anymore. No, 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 no. Poor puppy. One of the things that I always, uh, I'm going to go back to the ghost hunting side. Oh, sorry. I squirreled already because Uh, we're exhausted, but we're happy exhausted. One of the things that I was asked by a few people last night is why did, why did the loved ones come through in a situation like that when we were at the jail? And, um, you know, we, everyone, a lot of people were considering that, you know, whoever was going to come through um, for communication was going to be someone from the jail. Um, they found that their loved ones were coming in like there was a, an, a crack in a doorway yep. and they were shoving themselves through. Quick, going, it's, it's George, get on. through. <laughs> the door's open. Quick, push Beryl through now. Just shove her through. I know she's got big hits, but push. <laughs> It was like there was a light on, this red light on in the sky. Maybe a white light, Renata. Please not a red light. And, and every single spirit was just pouring down going, yeah, we want to talk. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that's kind of what happens. We, we allowed that space to occur. Everyone did give their permissions. Yep. Uh, and we think yep. that's a vital part of it too. Yes. People um, saying yes, I do give permission for whoever wants to come and make contact with me mm-hmm. um, to come and speak because quite often you want to speak to a particular loved one, but that's not who you need to hear from. Yeah. Yeah. Or the spirit may need to um, finish their business so they can keep moving on with what they've got to do. It's not all about us here on this earth, and I think we forget that sometimes as ghost yeah. hunters, yeah, yeah, um, or sorry, paranormal investigators, spiritualists. I don't know what. You call us <laughs> whatever crazy yeah whatever <laughs> uh yes but they will sometimes use whatever opportunity they have and for a lot of people this was the very first time they had an opportunity to sit down and allow themselves to communicate with anyone on the other side and of course their loved ones probably waiting for years and years and years for such an experience or an opportunity just came bawling through bowling through B A W L, ball. <laughs> They're bowling through. Bowling through <laughs> and uh, and wanted to chat. And it was a beautiful sight. And I, I remember I walked up to the table at one point. This is about four o'clock in the morning. And all four people are sitting there, five people are sitting there crying. They're yes. just crying. <laughs> crying. I'm going, yeah, are you okay? You're having a good time, a yeah, bad time, yes, or what? <laughs> we're having a wonderful time <laughs> through their tears. <laughs> do you think maybe we should do a midweek event at the jail that is spirit communication? Oh. Let's, I think we should look into that, yeah, maybe on a Wednesday be. night for two hours, yeah. and we'll get some of our people onto the, the tables with us, and yeah. uh, people can wander to whatever situation they'd like to have a crack at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could try that. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Do we have a spare Wednesday? Uh, Maybe in 2024 (laughs) towards the end. (laughs) Oh, yes. But it it was a a wonderful evening. um, And uh, I want to do it again, Renata. Yes, so much more to come. Yeah. Um, Yeah. We've got a, a full a full agenda coming oh, we up. Do. And speaking of full agendas, I booked our ticket for our flight from Amsterdam. I cannot believe we're going, so Amsterdam. We're going to go to Amsterdam. I cannot believe it. Because we were tossing up whether we were going to do it or not. So damn it, we are because I found the deal of a lifetime from um, Amsterdam back to Sydney flying British Airways. And the, the weird thing is we actually fly back to Heathrow. And then from Heathrow to Sydney, <laughs> to, to, to buy it from Heathrow to Sydney was more expensive than buying it from Amsterdam to Sydney. Wow. The other thing I did, which was a little hack that I learned, is I used my VPN to change the uh, country I was in to a, uh, a less wealthy country. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently that changes how much the flights are, depending on what country you came from. So I changed it to like Fiji and Islands or something like that. <laughs> And lo and behold, it bloody worked. It was half the price of the other ticket that, that I was going to look at. What? I know. You're telling everyone in the world now. I am. I'm going to tell them all. <laughs> Absolutely. Change change your VPN. I actually should see if Surfshark want to sponsor us and um, we can get some affiliate links and put it up for people. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll look into that. Okay. That's a great way to support us. Yes. <laughs> Fabulous. All right. Should we get on with this story? Oh, yes. We are just squirreling yes, <laughs> so badly. And while the coffee is working, we need to keep going. All right. Okay. Let's go. In visiting historically active areas, be they buildings or monuments or simply outdoor sites where events have taken place in the past, the parapsychologist historian comes face to face with two different phenomena. There is, first of all, the imprint from the past, a lifeless but nevertheless very accurate reproduction of something that has already taken place and is no longer taking place and is no longer of emotional impact to anyone. This two-dimensional imprint is, as already explained, sensed by the medium and retold to me, the investigator, with whatever degree of accuracy the sensitive is capable of. It is possible for such imprints to be visual as well as invisible. To a clairvoyant person, shades of past human beings become visible again simply because some part of the human personality remains behind in the atmosphere long after the physical body and even the ethereal self has gone on. This should not be confused with earthbound spirits commonly called ghosts who remain behind in a place where some traumatic event, usually involving their demise, has taken place. This then is the second kind of phenomena one may encounter in such emotionally impregnated areas. Whenever someone dies under tragic, traumatic or somehow unacceptable conditions or is unaware of his death and his passing into the next dimension, the phenomena commonly called ghosts may occur. Only a small percentage of those who die violently, those who die under conditions that may be termed unexpected, become hung up entities, however. The majority, nevertheless, pass on to the next dimension without difficulty. 
the small number of individuals who cannot adjust to the afterlife and somehow remain behind in the physical atmosphere, although no longer part of it, can be observed at times by those with sufficient psychic abilities to sense them. Wow, Anne. Where did you get that from? Well, you know, it's interesting because um, I was going to do a story on one of the ghosts of the White House. Yeah. And I pulled out this book called White House Ghosts by Hans Holzer. Aha. Uh-huh. And this is out of that book. So they are, that's the words of Hans Holzer out of his book, Meet the Restless Spirits Who Haunt Our Nation's Capital, White House Ghosts. And it's his theory on uh, why ghosts are where they are in historical locations, mm-hmm. um, how they may end up being there, and how we are able to catch, capture glimpses of them. Mm. And I thought it was just a really fascinating insight and actually a good discussion point. Oh, God, I sound intelligent. Mm. That coffee was great. Good tablet you took there, Anne. That's <laughs> a coffee. <laughs> I wish there was a magic pill that I could take <laughs> to fix this. Uh, but, yeah, wasn't that awesome? Yes. Yes, very, lot, very interesting. A lot to unpack, very, really. Very intelligent, Anne. Because I know you don't actually like talking about um, uh, differentiating between ghosts and spirits and um, the, all that sort of stuff. But I thought the way he put it was quite interesting. Yes, yes. And that's all we're going to talk about. That's all we're going to that's talk it. about there. Um, that that book, whole book was... I didn't get through all of it, but I've, I've got through bits of it. Renata can see little bits of uh, paper. Yes, and it's a well-aged book. I think you got that from Thrift, I did. did. Oh, I love Thrift books. Um, if you're not sure what Thrift books is, it's a, a second-hand and a new bookstore. It's online. And you can find just about any book there. So I've developed quite a big collection now. Mm. I've got as many of Hans Holtz's books as I can get my hand on and it's great reference material for the work that we do with True Hauntings and also Diary of a Ghost Hunter and also Spooky Sundays and, and everything else that we do. So, um, yeah, I... I I'm going to have yeah. to make sure I pass this collection on to someone who's going to appreciate it because yeah. I think my kids will chuck it out. <laughs> they don't understand that these brown-aged books are precious. That's right. We save them. We do. We yes. save books we, from all over the world. We we go out and we, we are saviours of books. <laughs> we, go, we go to Glastonbury <laughs> and we buy books and then pay <laughs> hundreds of pounds to get them sent home. <laughs> Because they're like, second-hand and really cheap. Like, like the idiots that we are. Yeah, but um, I mean, some of those books you can't get anywhere in the world. That one that I found on I Didn't Find, you found that book about your um, the ancestral um, uh, witchcraft of your... Yes. Um, and you, yes. you, you looked at it and it's £50, I can't pay that. And I, I snuck back into the shop and bought it and gave it to you for a present. Yes. You can't find those books anywhere no. else. No. No, Glastonbury is, is like my my home, um, oh, one, one of my homes around the world because of the bookshops. Yeah, you, and there was one time we were heading back over to England, and I said, "How about we don't go to Glastonbury this time?" <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I thought you were going to kill me on the spot. The look and the gasp. <gasps> what? <laughs> How dare you even think of that? Oh my god! Oh dear! I'm never ever going to say that again. No, don't you dare! <laughs> and we're going to England. Like, oh, we're going to have to do at least a day trip 
to Glastonbury. Oh, it's going to be on the other side of <laughs> England that we're going to this time. We're going to the east coast, not the west coast. Oh, we'll see. Anyway. Uh, but we are going to be there a few more days than we expected. If anybody knows of a place that's just like Glastonbury on the west coast. Full of, of books. Of, on, on the east coast. But it's got to be, it's all like um, spooky, ooky, witchy yes. books. Yes, please. Let us yeah. know. Because we know about Hey on Why, because we've already emptied that one. Yep. <laughs> We've already destroyed Wales. that we've, town. We've, we've emptied all the bookshops there. <laughs> yeah, so we need another space. So yeah. Let us know. We need more bookshelves well, too. So please become a Grand Patreon. <laughs> Grand Poobah Patreon. <laughs> yeah, so all, all of our um, beautiful people that follow us in England, let us know where there are some great little townships with awesome bookshops. Especially secondhand. So we'll go there. Yeah. Now, let's get back to the White House, which is what we were talking about. <laughs> Maybe we're avoiding all of this because it's got to do with um, this particular part of history. And, and I have to be honest, I know nothing when it comes to um, politics in America. Yeah. And, and I'm quite happy being like that. <laughs> I don't have any issues. And, and the background of how politics began and the whole thing about the Civil War and all of that sort of stuff, it's all tied in. It's all quite fascinating. And really, when you look at American history, it's just about the same age as Australian history. It's not yeah. much, that much difference, really. Oh, they, they were, that was, um, they've been around in there a lot longer than they have been here. Mm. But, um, yeah, that's when they all started getting upset with each other is because it's such a huge land and um, more and more and more people kept coming over and then they started to crowd in on each other and then, you know, differences and ideological beliefs all started to clash and then all of a sudden there's wars. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know where nuts. all that came I channeled that. <laughs> I'll just have another sip that's, of coffee. That's when the UFO came down and stabbed you <laughs> in the belly. Also put the golden tablets in the mountains somewhere <laughs> that I can't find. Oh, no. I love you all. <laughs> I'm going to go to hell. I've got a bus load. Anyway, <laughs> if anyone wants to join me on that, we're going to sing karaoke as we go to hell. <laughs> do with this one we just it's not it's never going to get done anyway white house white house so my um part of this is going to be a probably a little bit um dry as a nuts heel <laughs> because um i literally just ha- had to read um, and when you go into it, it's so detailed that I my brain just shut down and went, no, that's too many presidents. And I always think I was three in. Because <laughs> oh I, I know nothing. These names mean nothing to me. And you realise that 50% of our audience for True Hauntings is American. <laughs> no, so sorry, we're probably going to offend every know, single I'm, one of you. I'm we're trying sorry. not to offend. I really am. But there's so much information about um, the White House that yeah. yeah, it just it just sort of caped my mind in. So you're, you're just going to get the tip of the iceberg. Really. Yeah, her headphones are actually almost meeting in the middle their heads caved in so much <laughs> that's right so for 200 years the white house has stood as a symbol for the presidency and the united states government and the american people and they're very big on that very very big a lot, a lot of them do fly their flags mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more so it's, than australia yes it's unless like that house we found out in nelson's bay that had the australian flag flying <laughs> with all the aboriginal statues in the yard which was just horrible <laughs> and there were some people that weren't offended and went well what are you offended by and i've gone oh i'm like uh, am i not supposed to be offended by that i'm think uh, yeah that just 
So, yes, yeah. I don't know. Uh, where, and, where we've been culturally offended for the sake of those people. Yes, yeah, who, weren't, who weren't offended. Yeah, <laughs> and this is why we all end up with our knickers in a knot, because of the people who are being offended for the people who are not being offended. <laughs> does that make sense? It, it oh, does. God, we're off the planet today. Oh, dear. Oh, yes, we'll get there. So the whole thing, the the history of the nation's capital began with President George Washington when he signed the Act of Congress in December 1790, declaring that the federal government would reside in a district not exceeding 10 miles square on the River Potomac. Mm -hmm. Now, President Washington, together with the city planner Pierre Le Enfant... Oh, jeez, I'm slightly aroused by that. (laughs) Chose a site for the new residence, which is now um, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Or is it 1600? I don't know. I don't know. 1600. So there was a a competition to be held, uh, which was held to find the builder for the president's house. There were nine proposals that were submitted and uh, an Irishman called James Hoban, won the gold medal because his design was practical and handsome. Oh, very love nice. It. Love practical it. and handsome. So construction began with the first cornerstone being laid in October 1792. Now, don't don't think I'm going to go through every year because I'm not going to. I want to know every stone that no, was laid on no what date, don't. please. No, you don't. <laughs> so... Um, president Washington oversaw the construction of the house. Remember, he was the first president, but he never lived in it. Oh, poor darling. Aww. So it was not until the 1800s or until 1800 when the White House was nearly completed that its first residence, President John Adams and his wife Abigail, moved in. Yeah, and then since then, each president has lived there and they are allowed to make their own changes and additions. Did you oh, know that? No, I didn't know. No, I didn't, didn't either. That'd be allowed because it's historical. Yeah. Well, maybe kind of parts of the rooms where they are in can in be changed. Quarters. Their living quarters. Yeah, I can't imagine that you'd be allowed to uh, coat the Oval Office in plaid tartan or no. something. No, 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 no. So the White House survived uh, a fire. At the, at the hands of the British in 1814 during the War of 1812. And there was another fire in the West Wing in 1929 while Herbert Hoover was also president. And the White House is the only private residence of a head of state that is open to the public free of charge. Oh, it's free. Mm. Yeah. But um, it's there's only, again, portions of the White House. Now, throughout much of Harry S. Truman's presidency, the interior of the house, with the exception of the third floor, was completely gutted and renovated while the Trumans lived elsewhere, um, actually right across the road um, on Pennsylvania Avenue. And uh, Thomas Jefferson held the first open house in 1805. Many of those who attended the swearing-in ceremony... (laughs) (laughs) Eh, feck you! (laughs) You're in. <laughs> oh, that would be so different in Australia. <laughs> um, at the US Capitol, simply followed him home where he greeted them in the blue room. This was really interesting because um, he kind of opened the house and said, yeah, everyone come to the swearing-in ceremony. He didn't realise that half <laughs> all the township would come in. Oh, party. 
they they had to actually get him out of the house. Oh wow! They, they actually had to. Yeah, um, they evacuated Twenty thousand people attended the inauguration and forced him to run away to safety at the hotel. Run away! <laughs> Now, this all happened on the lawn uh, in front of the um, White House. And, oh, they uh, have beautifully manicured lawns in America. Yes, the aides filled wash tubs with orange juice and whiskey to lure the mob out of the mud-tracked White House. I've heard so about what they do with those cordials in America and some of those cults. Yes. Get oh, the Kool-Aid out. And I, I found Kool-Aid... In one of our stores here in Newcastle. Oh. I've actually taken a picture of it because it's going to be a oh. meme at some point in time. But, you know, I've saved it anyway. Oh, welcome to our world. <laughs> we get excited Sorry. by Kool-Aid. <laughs> so after Abraham Lincoln's presidency, crowds became far too loud, large and loud for the White House to accommodate them comfortably. However, not until Grover Cleveland's first presidency did this unsafe practice change. He held a presidential review of the troops from a flag-draped grandstand built in front of the White House. And I think that's kind of what they do today when they have the inauguration and everything. Yep. It's all held outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to watch With that very, on TV. very carefully chosen camera angles to make it look like there's lots of people there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that your outside voice, Anne? Oh, oops. Sorry. Oh. Is this what happens when I have fatigue? Yes. So receptions on New Year's Day and the 4th of July continued to be held until the early 1930s. Now, a few little titbits oh, about I the White like House. Oh, I do like a titbit. <laughs> do you like a titbit? Well, not, not as much as my husband does. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just lost her. <laughs> Yay, we haven't had a complete loss of Renata for ages. <laughs> oh, dear, her glasses are fogging up. <laughs> At least you're not lisping now, you've got your teeth in. Oh, my God. Oh. You, look, you, that I was a carrot like you I just feel... dangled in front of me there. What oh, am I meant to do? I feel like I should be standing at attention, like talking about the White House and right. people over in America, poor darlings, they'll be just like turning, right. turning for- away in droves. They'll forgive us. We're old. <laughs> Excuse me. So in the White House, <laughs> there are 132 rooms, 35 bathrooms. Lordy me. Why are there 35 bathrooms? And there are six levels in the residence. Well, it's only one, one bathroom per four rooms. Oh. Honestly. Now, there are also 412 doors, 147 windows, 28 fireplaces, eight stairs, staircases, not (laughs) stairs, eight staircases, and three elevators. Now, at various times in history, the White House has also been known as the President's Palace, the President's House, don't like President's Palace, and the Executive Mansion. Um, and President Theodore Roosevelt officially gave the White House its current name in 1901. I wonder how he came up with that name. Because it was painted white. I know, Renata. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's what we call a rhetorical question. Oh, okay. Now, presidential firsts while in office. President James Polk. This is going back to in uh, 1845 to 1849. was the first president to have his photograph taken. President Theodore Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy, 
1901-1909 was not only the first president to ride in an automobile, but also the first president to travel outside the country when he visited Panama. Now, President Franklin Roosevelt was the first president to ride in an aeroplane. The White House kitchen has five full-time chefs and is able to serve dinner to as many as 140 guests and horses duvers to more than... (laughs) If they've got a stable, I'm not eating there. More than a thousand. (laughs) Would you like a horse's duva, anyone? What if it comes with a pickle on it? (laughs) Maybe a red or a green cocktail onion? Don't go the whites. They do not taste as nice as the red and green cocktail onions. I do like the reds are my (laughs) favourite. We are just off the planet today. (laughs) Oh, derbs. Or derbs. Yeah, so that's horse's duvas, we call them here. Oh, oh, don't crash the car. Australia Pull over if you need to. Australians just do not like politics. That's just it. Do you know the other thing that um, between America and Australia, we have entree. An entree here is what comes before the main meal. Yeah. Whereas in America, that is the main meal. They have an appetizer as the starter. And oh. then they have the entree as the main. Oh, okay. So that's the full-size meal. I'll just <clears throat> to throw that little oh, bit in. That's interesting. Yeah. Now, the White House requires 570 <coughs> gallons of paint to cover it outside, the outside service. And for, for recreation, the White House has a variety of facilities available for its residents. And that includes a tennis court, a jogging track. But that's never used. Swimming pools. <laughs> Not if we live there. <laughs> Swimming I can't pool. even get to the gym to walk on a treadmill. <laughs> a movie theatre and a bowling lane. Oh, nothing oh. like handling your balls. Here we go. Now, very little of the original White House remains. The British burnt down the original White House in 1814 after U.S. forces set fire to Canada's Parliament. There you go. (laughs) This is what we call tit for tat. (laughs) Hang on. That was Canada. So I don't understand why. Anyway, all right. Oh, dearie me. So the famous Gilbert Stewart painting of George Washington was saved by a fleeing Dolly Madison. Oh, I've got a story about Dolly. And some exterior stone walls survived the fire. Mm. Now, there was also a second big fire at the White House, uh, and that occurred on Christmas Eve in 1929, and it gutted parts of the West Wing and the Oval Office during Herbert Hoover's administration. Um, Hoover left a Christmas party to personally direct the firefighting efforts. Oh, Oh, bless. Bless. (laughs) He posed for a photo. Photograph and yes, <clears throat> yep. Um, and uh, the blaze apparently started by a blocked fireplace flue. Oh, now yeah. the suffragettes. Oh, here comes bless trouble. The suffragettes. <laughs> they actually. Um, Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Picketed in front of the White House um, for a very long time to try and get President Woodrow Wilson's attention. Oi, now, she, she was led by Alice Paul, and the picketers stayed in front of the White House for two years. Oh, my heavens. And had more than 200 arrests. <gasps> you go, girls. Now, ladies, this was in the time when you wore um, those big, horrible, huge dresses and, and corsets, corsets and, and all of that sort of stuff. And had your hair done up. And I know, 200... Arrests and two oh, that's years. That's impressive. Oh, those suffragettes. They, they suffered. <laughs> they're fantastic. Yeah. They are my heroines. Now, uh, Teddy Roosevelt created the West Wing uh, and uh, got that facility built. Thomas Jefferson started the ball rolling with the idea 100 years earlier. But, um, yes, Teddy was the one that built that. That, that, that. Built that. We've gone South African. The the White House was nearly condemned in 1948. Oh, condemned. Condemned. President Harry S. Truman was forced out of the White House and lived in the Blair House, which is across the road on Pennsylvania Avenue. Oh, that's right. You're talking about that, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realise it was because the house was about to be condemned. I thought he was just having a a spending spree for renovations. Mm. Now, officials decided that the ageing White House was close to collapse. Apparently, the repair budget... Um, was ignored earlier and um, they employed more staff than fill, than um, or try and repair the house. Mm-hmm. And in 1948, engineers discovered that it was structurally unsound and close to falling down. Oh, wow. So there was a huge renovation done and it was completed in 1952. Well done. Well in done. In 1950, there was an attack on the president's house. And this was when Truman was staying at Blair House uh, and there were two um, Puerto Rican nationalists that attempted to storm Blair House and kill Truman while he was napping. Oh, you should never close your eyes. No, no. Always sleep with one eye open, as I say. <laughs> um, you can buy your own White House for $5 million. What? Um, yes, yes. Now, the real White House is worth about $100 million. I think that might be an old quote. Mm, But there is a replica White House um, in Virginia, in McLean, Virginia. And um, yes, occasionally it will go on sale and it is a... It's a bargain. uh, It has a full-sized oval office and a replica Lincoln bedroom. I wonder if they use that for filming. Maybe. Because that's a way of getting around it, you know. Ah. Oh, geez, I'm clever. Oh, you're clever. Now, the White House is missing its cornerstone. 
They do not know where it is. Somebody pinched it. It could It's have on been. eBay. Um, it's guaranteed, there, there was, definite, was, real. Look, there was a little bit of drinking that was carrying on. Oh, never. Uh, they, they had actually 16 toasts um, during that evening. Right. Uh, when the cornerstone was actually laid. 16 is a lot. 16 is a lot, but then they, yeah, they couldn't find where the bloody thing went. <laughs> Someone took it home as a um, souvenir. Oh, I'm just going to take this home to the missus. I think she'll like that. Yes. And to date, a total of 10 people have died within that White House walls. Mm. So maybe some of the ghosts. Maybe. Maybe some of those 10 people. Maybe. Would there be a servant among them? Mm, maybe. Oh. Yes. Because that's one of the things we talk about in, in some of our other podcasts, how it seems to be that the famous or infamous people that are mentioned, it's never the, the ones that kind of are no, behind the scenes. Never the, the washerwoman. Yes. And we in our last podcast, we did have just an ordinary soul yes. that was spotted, which I really enjoy. And it's like people, when they channel spirits from... Um, a time gone by, they're always channeling Cleopatra yes. or, or Mary Queen of Scots yes. or or someone who's really important. Yes, it's it's never Cleopatra's washerwoman handmaiden who got got all the juicy gossip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you done? I'm done. I'm done. My turn. Rightio. So, um, I I found a whole collection of different. Uh, ghosts that come from the the White House. Are you you right there? You're having you get on your drink? <laughs> Can hear it in the background there, just in case anyone was wondering what that noise was. Um, I'm going to go back to our earliest ghost, uh, and I think you mentioned her name, Dolly Madison. Ah, yes, yes. So she was actually one of the first reported ghost sightings at the White House, uh, and she used to look after the Rose Garden. And during uh, Woodrow Wilson, what can't say it, Woodrow Wilson's administration, I think they decided they were going to dig up the Rose Garden and move it. <gasps> no, I know, right? She wasn't going to have a bar of that, so her ghost was seen, and um, they decided that that was going to upset Dolly, so they decided not to move the Rose Garden. Now, she has also been seen passing through the doors in the East Wing, Mm -hmm. so that was one of the earliest ghosts, but... I might jump to the most famous ghost straight away. Oh, that's got to be... What's his face? Bra. Abraham. Yeah, yeah Abraham. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it wasn't actually Abraham Lincoln that was seen first. It was their son, Willie. Oh. Because uh, he died at the age of 11 from what they think was typhoid fever. Now, his mum, the First Lady Mary Todd Lincoln, uh, was so grief-stricken by the loss that she remained in her room for weeks and spoke of seeing her son's ghost quite often at the um, end of the foot of her bed. Yeah. You don't know. See, this is grief. You just don't know what's happening there. She was a huge spiritualist. Yes, she was. Yeah. between 1862 and 1863, which was the year after Willie's died, um, she started to participate in spirit circles and seances in the Red Room. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know they had one of those sorts of rooms mm. in the White House. I'm, I'm not surprised, really. Mm. Um, yes, but she used to hold seances uh, trying to contact uh, her son and... Um, 
She was also seen in the presidential cottage at the soldiers' home. Spiritualism at this time, of course, was going nuts. This mm-hmm. was like the, the Fox sisters were out there doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was thought that um, Abraham himself might have been into it. Now, in the White House ghost book, uh, the I found up the back here um, a little interesting tidbit. So this is, again, the White House ghost by Hans Holzer. Uh, They said that Lincoln, during his lifetime, had on the record shown an unusual interest in the psychic. The Lincoln family later vehemently denied that seances took place in the White House during the administration. Robert Lincoln may have uh, burned some important papers of his father's bearing on these... sittings along with those concerning the political plot to assassinate his father so um you know the the spirituals even go so far as to claim the president as one of their own Mm -hmm. that he was one of the people that was sort of fighting for for the spiritualism to be recognized Mm -hmm. um there's a very famous photo of um Oh, his yes. wife, yes, yes, um, sitting there with uh, what may well be. That's one of those really dodgy look. Yeah. We've seen some dodgy photos lately, haven't we? Yeah. So this is spirit photography. Yes, yeah. spirit photography, and she's sitting there, and um, there is there's a cut and an, paste. Of... Yeah, it's an apparition of of her husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, some of these I can't remember the names of the famous spirit photographers of the time, but when they passed, they actually found boxes of cut photos that had been cut out in little bits and pieces of mm. uh the ones that appeared in the the photos so yeah. Yeah. um i mean i do believe there are some honest spirit photography but mm-hmm. it's those people who jump on board and then try to make a buck out of it and make themselves sound important uh sometimes i don't realize that the little things in this spirit world that are simply astounding is more powerful than something massive yes. because um, it's faked. <clears throat> anyway, where the hell was I up to? Uh, so, yeah, we were talking about the, the seances that Mary used to hold, but then, of course, in 1865, which is only three years after her son had died, um, Lincoln was uh, assassinated and he started to appear in the White House as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the First Lady Grace Coolidge spoke in a magazine account of seeing him look out of a window in what had been his office. Uh, now, there was a queen who saw him. Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands was sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom in 1942 when she reportedly heard a knock on her bedroom door, opened it to see the bearded president and fainted. Ooh. She passed out. You wonder if it, it may have been an actor who was reenacting being the, the president at the time um, and uh, <laughs> just bad timing of the oh I'm not going to admit to this I'm just made a queen faint yeah Uh, two years earlier now I love this story so much Uh, British Prime Minister Winston Churchill uh, according to accounts had just stepped out of a hot bath in that same room oh yes I remember this and was wearing nothing but a cigar when he encountered Lincoln standing at the fireplace so in Mm -hmm. true Churchill style Mm -hmm. he said Good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> they say that Lincoln always comes back to the White House and is seen, his apparition is seen, whenever he feels that the country 
is in turmoil or needs help or there is a peril on the doorstep. Uh, they say he just strides up and down the second floor hallways and raps on doors and stands by windows. Hmm. Oh, you think a, there would be a lot of that over the last couple of years? Yeah. Now, there was also another report in the Washington Post in 1989 about President Ronald Reagan, who said that he had a dog uh, that would go into any room quite happily in the whole of the White House except the Lincoln bedroom. Mm-hmm. He'd just stand outside the door and bark. Uh, there was uh, one other person, uh, apparently Eleanor Roosevelt, um, Mary Eben, who worked for her, reported seeing him on his bed pulling up his boots. And she was screaming that loudly at the apparition that the Secret Service all came running in to think she was being attacked by someone. Wow. Aren't they great stories? Yes. Um, So I've used lots of sources for these uh, stories today. and You can find them all on the internet, um, but... I should have listed them. I always say this and I never get around to it. All right, let me tell you some of the other um, ghosts and people who have had sightings. Mm -hmm. There is Annie Surratt, S-U-R-R-A-T-T. I'm not sure if I've pronounced that correctly. But she is supposed to um, run around knocking on doors and the front doors, pleading for the release of her mother, Mary. Now, Mary apparently was convicted of having some sort of role in the assassination of Lincoln. And she was hanged for it. So um, Annie must not have agreed with it or just wanted mercy because her mother was caught up in it somehow mm. rather and runs around bashing on doors. Wow. Um, now, there is also another president, Harry S. Truman, who had his own ghost story of being there. Uh, and this came from uh, a, a letter that he sent, and it's on the presidential records uh, as a letter he sent to his wife. Uh, on a lonely night in 1946, President H- Harry S. Truman went to bed at 9pm. About six hours later, he heard it. Knock, knock, knock. The sound against the bedroom door awakened him. He wrote it to his wife in a letter that is archived in his presidential library and museum. I jumped up and put on my bathrobe, opened the door and no one there, he wrote. Went out and looked up and down the hall, looked into your room and Margie, still no one there. Went back to bed after locking the doors and there were footsteps in your room whose door I'd left open. Jumped up and looked and... No one there. The damn place is haunted. Sure is shooting. Secret Service said not even a watchman was up here at that hour. You and Margie had better come back home and protect me before some of these ghosts carry me off. Mm. Well, that was the, um, the in your quote. Intro, in yeah. your intro. So mm-hmm. that was the full story associated yes. with that. I loved it. Yeah, wow. Uh, now... Mrs. Roosevelt, uh, I think I mentioned her earlier, in 1932, she did a talk about the White House and told a group from San Antonio that she had felt a, a, a presence when she worked in a room where many presidents had also worked. She said, I get a distinct feeling that there is somebody in the room, she said, but there was no actual phenomena, just a feeling. And mm-hmm. quite often people will get that, that mm-hmm. um, uh, what's that, the, the sense of staring, yes. staring at goats? That, yes. That whole thing. <clears throat> now, uh, Andrew Jackson, uh, he is also seen lying in his bed in the Queen's bedroom, which is known as the Rose Room. Uh, and you can hear him letting out a guttural laugh 
that has been heard in the White House since 1860s. Mary Todd Lincoln claimed to have heard Jackson stomping and swearing. Mm. Naughty, naughty. Uh, Thomas and Jefferson. Now, you can hear him playing his violin in the Yellow Oval Room. Mm -hmm. Jeez, I hope he was all right because there's nothing worse than a beginner violinist. (laughs) I'm saying that from experience because I had to do a year of violin as part of my Bachelor of Music education and uh, my dog would howl. Um, John Tyler, uh, apparently he haunts the Blue Room. And he can be seen proposing to Julia Gardner, his second wife. Ah. That's a nice haunting. I like that one. Yes. Um, it must have been such an emotional impact that it's imprinted itself on the room. Yes. William Henry Harrison haunts the attic. Oh, you've got to have a ghost in the attic. He was the first president that actually died in the White House. Uh-huh. But why would you haunt the attic? I don't know. Maybe he drank up there. Oh, have a little secret toddy, you reckon? Yeah. Uh, all right, what am I getting on to here? Oh, Ab- <coughs> Abigail Adams. Abigail Adams. Now, uh, there were two separate accounts of her. Um, one said that uh, Abigail Adams was the first lady to live in the White House and used, used the East Room to dry the sheets. So she used to wash and do the sheets. She used to do the sheets. (laughs) My goodness. Since her death, there have been reported sightings of her likeness in that area. She walks, according to the accounts, with her arms outstretched as if holding clean linens. There's also um, contemporary staff that say they can smell wet laundry and the scent of lavender. Oh, Oh, we all know what that means with lavender. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, it's been used to cover up stinkies. Um, that means they need to have a bath. <laughs> uh, there is a, a couple of um, odd ones that I came across that don't get mentioned a great deal. An unnamed British... British... I can't talk, Renata. I need my coffee. British... British... Soldier. Soldier. Yes. An unnamed British soldier who perished during the War of 1812. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Tchaikovsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, roams the White House grounds holding a torch. Oh. Now, I don't think, because torch in Australia, Australia means no, a flashlight. It, it would have been some sort of <laughs> a lantern. A brand, a flaming brand, I reckon it was. A, a lantern. Yeah. Uh, now, there was another one that was very unusual, and I only saw it written in one article. 1911. The thing. The thing. The thing. Right. Now, if I said to you, I've seen the thing. I'd say, what thing have you seen? (laughs) What is the thing? Someone's forgotten to do their fly up. Um, But what sort of creature or entity would you think it was going to be if I said, I saw the thing? Some sort of slimy creature. Yeah, because you think of that movie. Yes. one little-known spirit is the unidentified 15-year-old boy called The Thing. Oh, that's rude. I know, right? You don't call like, a the little f- 15-year-old boy a thing. I know. They have enough self-esteem issues as they, yes. as they are. Never mind calling them The Thing. Um, apparently, they greatly frightened the Taft domestic staff in 1911. President Taft's military aide, Mar- Major Archibald Butt... <laughs> Sorry, we're such teenagers in our heads. Wrote to his sister Clara. The, uh, Clara Butt. Clara Butt. <laughs> um, <laughs> could be worse. It could be I'm Clinch. Sh- 
I'm sure she wanted to get married very, very young. The ghost, it seems, is a young boy about 14 to 15 years old. They say that the first knowledge one has of the presence of the thing is a slight pressure on the shoulder, as if someone were leaning over your shoulder to see what you might be doing. Now, President Taft didn't like this, and he actually ordered Butt to tell the White House staff that the first member to repeat these stories about the thing would be fired. Oh, that's a bit rough. First off, they're calling him the thing, and then they're not going to acknowledge him. Yes. I'd be pissed off if I was that spirit. Oh, now, there is... uh, This this is going to be my last little ghost story. Um, A a gentleman, David Burns. Do you recognise that name? He apparently owned the land on which the White House now stands... And is, yeah, you had a different name. Mm. I'm sure you had a different name. And he's uh, quite often seen or heard in the yellow oval room. Uh, and they say that, hang on, the land where the White House sits and whose voice has been repeatedly heard in the oval office. Saying, I should have asked for more money. No, apparently he goes, <laughs> I'm Mr. Burns. Oh. Okay. That's what the tour guide apparently does when he gets in there. Mm. He repeats it like, oh, Mr. Burns. And all all I can think of is the Simpsons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But look, there is a little bit of a theory. Oh, no, first off, before I get to the theory, uh, in the book with Hans Holzer, um, I started reading the introduction, got into the first part, and it seemed to be stories associated with people who might have been at the the White House or around the White House uh, and reported ghost stories. But it opens up with Hans talking about um, the reports of ghosts in the the White House and that he wanted to go in there with one of his psychics and investigate, Mm -hmm. particularly Abraham Lincoln's ghost is Mm -hmm. what he was interested in. So he reached out to the White House and said he would like to come in and investigate. And they said, ah, thanks, but no thanks. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he wasn't real happy with that because he thought, you know, it's a cultural thing. I'm Hans Holzer. I'm Hans Holzer. And um, the, the, the American people should know whether this is true that their beloved Abraham Lincoln is haunting the the uh, Lincoln's bedroom or yes. wherever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had other people come on board and try to help him. They go, oh, we know someone in the White House. We can get you in. Oh, how many times have we heard oh, that? So many times. <laughs> oh, I know someone there. I'll oh, get you in. I'll get you in. And mm-hmm. it turns out, no, they can't. No. Uh, so he had many people try to get him in there and he got close uh, and oh, they said he, they were going to give him a private tour uh-huh. but he wasn't he actually lined up his medium and everything to come in on their private tour date and it was all ready to go and do his investigation they went oh no you won't actually be going into that bedroom you won't be going into those areas oh. uh, and no you can't bring your psychic oh. uh, and it turned out that his private tour was just really a general tour who ever happened to turn up at the time he right. turned up for his private tour. Right. right. Uh, so he packed the poos with that. He yeah. wasn't real happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this... I doubt whether they'd get anyone in there now. I'm, no, it'd be worse now. But this is the thing with investigators. They think it's their right uh-huh. to be able to investigate a private location mm-hmm. because there's reporting of ghosts. They should be allowed to go in there and prove whether this is true or not. Mm-hmm. No, it's not our right mm. at all. 
I remember um, a gorgeous lady that we work with in Sydney having people demanding yes. access to a location mm-hmm. because of the reports of ghosts there and um, she should give it to them for nothing. Mm-hmm. And she go, no. And they go off in a huff. Yes. How can you? <sighs> anyway. I've got a, I've got a K2 meter. Oh, yes. I, I'm a ghost hunter. I'm, I've, I'm a demonologist. <laughs> let's not let's not open that Pandora's oh, box. All right, now not look. Today. I want to talk to you about where some of these stories may have come from. It's all too much of another, isn't it? Yep. So there is someone called Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Some of my play school there. Jemima. Uh, Jeremiah Jerry Smith, who started working in the White House during the Ulysses S. Grant administration in the late 1860s as a footman. And he served as a footman, a butler, a cook, a doorman, and an official duster. <laughs> That's awesome. Until his retirement approximately 35 years later. Wow. So he was someone who was truly trusted and would have been privy to a lot of what went on in Absolutely. the White House. while he was dusting and because he was an official duster. I know. And look, he was allowed in those rooms to dust. Oh. <gasps> that would be the only time you know I'd be happy dusting. <laughs> so... Apparently, he was a popular character and a bit of a storyteller. And if news was slow of the day, the news reporters would would track him down and say, have you seen anything at the White House you can tell us about? Mm -hmm. And he would claim that he has seen the ghosts of Lincoln, Grant, McKinley, several first ladies. He's seen lots of ghosts there. Mm -hmm. Um, And he actually was very upset when they were doing the renovations and it, he said the renovations have cleared the mansions of the spirits that used to keep him company on lonely nights while he was dusting mm-hmm. uh, he described them as gliding up the public stairways and down the private stairways and he said it's the truth the gospel truth said Jerry Smith who was described as spending a quarter of a century at the White House times are not what they used to be about the house ever since I first went to the White House I have seen the spirits of Mr. Lincoln Lincoln and other presidents as they died. But, you know, they don't like the new places. And I never see a sight of Mr. Lincoln or General Grant. Mm. Now, doesn't this make you wonder? They say he was a character Mm -hmm. and a great storyteller. Did he start start some of these stories? Just because it's a bit of a a lark? Or was he, as we did in that um, opening uh, soundscape where Mm -hmm. I was reading from the book, was he one of these people that had some psychic ability Mm -hmm. and was actually able to pierce the veil and see the the shades of the past Mm -hmm. still wandering the halls of the White House? Possibly. Or is he just... Full of shite. I don't know. I haven't heard. Um, again, this this is not. This wasn't anything that I was, you know, up my alley. So um, maybe some of our American friends might be able to tell us whether there have been any sightings or recent sightings of ghosts in the White House. That that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. Mm. Uh, but I should give out a little shout out to some of my. Um, uh, why they call it resources sources the whitehousehistory.org uh was one of them and the washingtonpost.com was another of course the hans holzer books was another Mm -hmm. i think there was some more but i've just forgotten to list them um 
But it's it's been a fascinating topic. I've really enjoyed this one, even though you were a little bit worried that your history was going to be dry and crusty and maybe um, embarrass ourselves with our beautiful American people. But I think you did a good job, Renata. But is the ghost house is the ghost house is the White House haunted? I think so. I think with the amount of uh, really tense times and the important decisions that have gone on there over the years, um, certainly places like the Oval Office would have this sense within them if you walked in, that, that presence, presence of place. Yeah, the amount of turmoil, emotional distress, yep. um, it would have to leave some sort of imprint there. Yep. And uh, Lincoln, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he was there sort of shaking his head a little bit sometimes. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Would you go visit? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no from, we don't want to be bombed. <laughs> no, from the point of view of... Um, yeah. It's like Look, Buckingham it's, Palace. I have no need to yeah, visit Buckingham Palace. If if I was given a, a very small tour group to go with, yeah. yes. Yeah. But not with a, a horde of people. I, I wouldn't, just, yeah. yeah. I can't I can't cope with like that. Like the Tower of London where they, yeah. they push you through like a sausage mince and yeah. 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 Um I'd I'd go and visit. I'd yeah. I'd happily go and visit, but I probably wouldn't go out of my way to go and visit yeah. it. Yeah. Uh but it would be great to hear the stories and see the, the, the things that you hear about all the oh, time. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll give it the thumbs up on this one. I'll say yeah. it's probably got I, some ghosties. Yeah, I think it's got a lot of historical ghosts, mm. a lot of mistakes, a, a lot of trauma, a lot of stuff that has occurred that people wish and will never know about had never occurred. <laughs> All right. Well, look, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Make sure that you follow us on all of our social media. We are on YouTube. Please, we need your help with YouTube. Please go over there and subscribe. Hit the bell so you get the uh, the reminders of when our videos go up. And, and we've got a few coming up now. So it's, yeah. Yeah, we've got, we've got few, ghost few hunting from, stuff coming up. From last year that we've, it's time now to it's time. finally get them out. Yes. Uh, and we've got our trial based stuff that's coming up yeah. with all the investigations. Mm-hmm. We've got our New Zealand trip that will be coming out. So lots of stuff that is coming to our YouTube. Also, you'll find us on Facebook. We love it when you send your messages through and say hello to us and that you've enjoyed the episode or you give us a bit more information about something. We love it all. Thank you so much for supporting our work. We're happy back in 2023. Going to bring you another episode next week. In the meantime, stay spooky. Yes, be frightfully good. And we shall see you on The the Dark dark side. Side. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.